corner <laughs> when I'm not presenting. Listening in. And listen in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bash University Live here on Tuesday night. Take a quick break. Watch John Cruz's on the Tokyo rig. Be a part of the show. Get some chances to win some awesome prizes. Bash you go. You know, we didn't have that back then. And, 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 dude, it, 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 Gives me so much energy. I mean, like I'm dialed. Ooh, I love it. Way to watch my watch for my signals, Pete. And you're live. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's harder to see my signals uh when i'm doing it from this phone but it's good to be here with you guys tonight we got another bash university live tonight really uh, excited about tonight's show um we're gonna we're gonna be doing some really cool stuff we're gonna have a bash university round table and we're gonna be talking to all the guys uh on bash university about where we're catching what we're doing and we're gonna be talking to you guys so we want you guys to bring your questions um, what do you guys want to talk about? Uh, what is the winter fishing in your area right now? What, what, are, what are you most looking forward to coming up in this spring? Let's hear it, man. Let's, let's hear what you're getting ready to get ready for. Um, so we've got that going on tonight uh, with all our boys. Uh, and we're going to be having Frankie Proglum, our boy from Slay Nation, is going to be coming on uh, and talking with us tonight, as well as uh, the Eco Bass Angler. A uh, good friend of the show, coming off of a hot uh, fishing season this year. Uh, we're going to be having our buddy Craig Duran come on and, and talk with us. So uh, uh, it's going to be a great show. Guys, hang out with us. we got all kinds of cool prizes and things uh, that we're going to be giving away and doing here on tonight's show. And I uh, just want to give a shout-out to all the boys. I, I Sorry I missed the signal, BTC. Missed you, but it's good to be here. I hope, Pete. I was not surprised that... You missed that signal because it was so subtle and hard to detect. Pete, <laughs> Pete, <laughs> five seconds, four, three, Pete. All right, prison, well, prison we, rules. We, it is. That's right. Well, we got it, and I uh, appreciate you. Appreciate you getting us up and running. And Riz, what's going on, man? I haven't seen you for like a whole day. I, I know it's. Uh, he said, yeah, "I miss your face." Yeah, it's. It's been. It seems like it's been forever, Pete. Uh, Great day yesterday uh, down there on the Chesapeake for us, uh, filming some awesome new Bashu TV content that'll be hitting the airwaves uh, here very soon. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one, guys. If you're local to this area, uh, it's gonna be one that you're going to want to watch. It's a popular technique. Uh, the blade bait dominates certain times of the year, and uh, we dove into that topic exactly Fair yesterday. Cool. So. Um, Stay tuned to see that one on Bashu TV. Uh, it's going to be hitting the editing suite uh, here pretty soon. So stay tuned for that. Uh, as always, guys, we got three new videos dropping a week uh, for you on Bashu TV, in addition to our over 900 videos on Bashu TV that you get full access to as a member of the program. If you're not, right now is a great time to get signed up for Bashu TV. Get six months for only $49.99 during our Cyber Monday deal, which we actually extended out 
another week after Cyber Monday was over because it was so successful and people are signing up for BUTV and we're looking to grow this bass fishing family. So guys, head over to BashU.TV, get signed up. That's how you can interact with us on tonight's show. Uh, we're going to be giving away a grand prize at the end of the show tonight. It's a $150 prize pack to TH Marine. There's a G-Force call system, G-Juice, TH Marine Wave Away, Troll Jacket, you name it, it's in there. Um, guys, so get signed up. You're going to have a chance to win that at the end of tonight's show. Uh, if you're watching over there on Facebook, we got a prize pack for you, too. That's a $50 sponsor pack. All you got to do is like and share tonight's feed uh, over there on the Facebook airwaves, and you'll be entered in for a chance to win that, uh, in addition to two Gills Gear gift cards that we'll be giving away during tonight's show to one lucky... To to two lucky subscribers that ask us questions during the show that we decide to use. So, guys, it's a great time to get signed up. If you're not already a BUTV member, now's the time. Six months for $50. Absolutely. Nicely done, Rich. And uh, look forward to ste you stepping into your new role. Uh, we need to talk about that a little bit tonight. Riz, Riz was behind the camera looking very comfortable uh, as as videographer. Um but I, I, we'll talk a little bit about that, what that experience was like. Cause it looked good doing it. And, but it's good to have you with us. I see JK's over there call, uh, zooming in from Georgia. How are you, buddy? Oh man. Wonderful. Cannot uh, wait to talk. Uh, well, at least a little bit of uh, vertical fishing. It's that time of year. I know I've been thinking about it. I know uh, uh, a lot of the guys back home here, we've, we've started our team derby season as soon as it pretty much ended. And uh, had a fun fun event this weekend, and I may or may not have caught a nice bass or two vertically this weekend. <laughs> Excited cool. about it, and ready for it to continue to get colder, so those mm -hmm. fish stack up and drop some metal in their face. Yes, well, I love fishing this time of year, man. It's a unique way to fish, and uh, you know, fishing vertically for them is is really an effective way because it's so cold. The fish are all grouped up. They're ganged up under the shad, the bait, herring, whatever you're fishing around. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that repetitive, uh, drop and lift, it just, you know, it can aggravate fish into biting when some, sometimes it's the only way you can catch them. So, right. We're, yep. We're going to be talking about that and we're going to talking about some experiences. Uh, man, I've had some wonderful experiences down in uh, your part of the country this time of year um catching catching big big numbers of, of fish deep uh vertically and um and we've got alex with us hanging out on youtube stalking all the social media alex good to have you with us buddy yeah i'm excited to be here pete i'm especially excited to hear about the vertical fishing and especially without the use of a forward facing sonar we know that's so popular for everyone but not everybody's got the fancy stuff on their boat so for the folks in the ice age of 2d sonar i'm excited to learn a little about how i can drop on those fish out there dude don't don't call us ice age man yeah. i love my 2d sonar man i'm married to it i would not be able to survive without that same it, it's so comfortable for me and that's it's funny because i know um you know i i like the down imaging and of course i, I live on the side imaging stuff uh when i'm practicing and, and there's so much that i've adapted into my game but there every single moment of every single fishing day i've got a screen with 2d on uh that that i'm looking at for bottom hardness depth bait um that's where my my eyes are gravitate to you know you know it's interesting I had to learn the 360 and, and 360 is one of the most amazing tools. The hummingbird 360 
if you haven't used it or seen it, you got to go check it out. But I was, I was having a hard time. It took me longer than I wanted to for me to get comfortable with it, mainly because I, I, I kept my eyes, when I would look at the sonar, my eyes would immediately go to the 2D. <laughs> you know, I just, I couldn't, I didn't, I had the 360 on and I wasn't even looking at it. And I, I literally, in order to learn, I had to turn off my 2D, turn off everything and just let that 360 play um, until I figured, you know, I figured it out and dialed that one in and, and I'm still dialing it in, but, um, but it's, it's a tremendous tool, but sure that's, is. I've been staring at it for, uh, for longer than Craig Duran has, who's with us here tonight, which is, <laughs> which, yeah. which is a long time, man. Yeah. Yeah. We go back, we go back a long way, Pete. Yeah. yeah. I think that's when Pete had that big wood wood boat that uh, Brian talks about. Yeah, across uh, the across the Delaware too. in it. Yeah. But <laughs> I've, I've been doing a lot of cold water fishing, man. I've been really been out there quite a bit, and you know, I come to think about you know longevity, man. He just didn't do it like ten years ago so much, you know. In the last ten years, I'm really hitting it and um, and enjoying it, like you said, as the fish group up and it's very becomes very predictable and. Uh, enjoying it you know it's, it's it's pretty cool here in this area you don't know what you're going to get you know the beginning of december can really come in hard but i mean if you look at the forecast it's, it's 50s we're trudging along all next week i'm, I'm thinking about how I'm, I'm going to get out and where i'm going to go and um it's it's you know it's cool it's far from over that's for sure yeah till the ice comes it's 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 a long way away well i tell you man i've got them on the edge of ice you know i mean i've i've literally I've actually broke a little bit of ice and then, and then fished, you know what I mean? You get a little desperate, but, yep. uh, Pete, Pete yeah, invented cool. ice. Yeah. yeah. Pete invented ice. <laughs> That's true. Got ice in his veins, man. Yeah. He's, he's around for the first ice, ice age. And... <laughs> That's why I had that one boat. <laughs> That's funny. That, you guys are funny tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we were fishing, uh, we had Oliver Nye on the last show. We invite you guys to go check that out. That was fun. Ike was with us and we were talking about big baits, but uh, we were goofing around and we were throwing them big giant swim baits on the ice, uh, <laughs> trying to, nice. trying to see if we could coax some big bass into breaking through the ice uh, for a top water strike with a, with a 10 inch defiant, you know, swim bait. But, uh, but go, but go back and check that out, guys. I love fishing <laughs> in the winter. I know BTC, you were saying that too. It surprised me that you say this time of year, that's your favorite time of year to fish. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I mean, multiple reasons. One, uh, most guys are in a tree stand or watching a stupid football game. So <laughs> that gets half, that gets half the people off the water. Um, true. it really is. Yeah. Yeah. And springtime for me personally with my business has always been off the hook and I never, I barely ever get to see a bass spawn. So I think I've seen one in the last 10, 15 years. So spring's always at it, but fall, I like the fall, man. Yeah. And plus it like bunches it them up. And if you find them, you know, it's a good time. Just it really is. Yeah. yeah. Makes you a better, I think, I think fishing during the cold months, it makes you a better angler in the warm months in the sense that like, you know, from like a techniques, like technique perspective and like, you know, when things get cold and you know, the, the bite gets trickier. Yeah. They get grouped up, but they definitely can become harder to catch with, you know, the colder water temperatures. And I feel like having to grind through that and kind of like figure out how to get a bite and stay mentally sharp in an eight hour tournament where you're only getting five or six bites and your hands are frozen come springtime when things start warming up, it's easy. 
you know, and it's like you, <laughs> yeah. you, you stay sharp and on your game throughout the winter. When you make that first cast in the springtime, you're not backlash in your first three reels. You know, you're, you're, you've been doing it throughout the entire winter. So it yeah, they, rolls but they never right had to, they, they've been fishing the, the entire winter in nice weather down south. I guess this is true. Justin's helmet. season just started. <laughs> yeah, we just ended, started, it all runs together. But BTC, you, you guys both mentioned something. And I think for the tournament guy, you've got, like, look at Ike. He's he's never been a hunter. He's never been into football hardcore or anything. Like, he's, he's always fishing in the winter. I mean, he'd come home, fish those winter derbies. Yep. And I think if you're somebody who, like Rich says, can stay sharp and on your game, you know, some guys need a break. I get it. But trust me, I'm, I'm as the tournament fisherman, I'm like what BTC said. It's not just about enjoying the fall. I love that people take that break. Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, think, I think there's a lot of catching up to do, not just organization wise, but your mechanics. I don't care who you are. If you take a one or two month break, your mechanics get a little sloppy. You know, mm. yeah, agreed. I, I, oh, yeah. I agree. And, and, and I've suffered with that. I know, you know, it's Rust. been a challenge when you get out there. They always, they always send it up, sent us to Florida. And it's weird to be complaining about that, right? So nobody cares about me complaining, but uh, going to Florida in January. But that's what would happen is, you know, you'd be, you got to get your boat together. You got to get, uh, you know, all your sponsorships in order. And, and it seems like you're in the office through the winter. And then next thing you know, you're in shorts, uh, trying to remember how to catch a bass, just like you said, a little rusty. And I, I got caught not prepared uh, a few years, uh, you know, getting started early down there. But uh, but it's cool that you know, JK, man, you guys, you guys have great wintertime fishing all all through the winter, and Sometimes even in winter, it just goes straight from fall patterns to pre spawn. You know, <laughs> they don't yep. even leave. <laughs> yep. A little shout out to Jeffrey Olson, yeah. uh, hanging out down there on Lake Hartwell, uh, fishing around the shad, learning how to crankbait fish, uh, you know, walking out to the end of his dock on his, you know, brand new dock right on the lake, getting to go out and fish every evening until the sun goes down. Um, yeah, we're, we're, I think we're going to have to dock his pay uh, this year. Okay. <laughs> In a row, did he say he fished already? He, he said he has there's, put. There's been like one day that he hasn't. Like that's it. Only one yeah. that he hasn't fished. So he's he yeah, said sixty a, days in a row he's gone out and wow. uh, at least up. made a cast. Oh, I believe it too because when you walk down on his dock, it's like a fishing rod cemetery. There's just broken rods laying <laughs> everywhere, <laughs> every every direction. There's rods with broken tips shattered in the middle, and then you get on the boat with him, and he's got rods laying in every single direction like as he's going <laughs> going in and out of those docks. And I'm like, huh, okay, yeah, this makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> like somebody dumped uh, a box of spaghetti in a bowl. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> just, that's funny. Love it. That's, that's see that's that's got to be his plan jeff i mean he doesn't really need an excuse to buy new stuff but uh <laughs> you know he's, he's i guess i guess that's a reason if he breaks all his rods he has to buy new ones that's exactly right great, pete great, great I, it kills me when people get mad because they broke a rod i'm like now you get to have a new one yeah right <laughs> you'd never get a new one if you didn't break a rod yeah that's that's right don't listen jeff stop <laughs> Stop! Stop with the purchases. But uh, that, that's got to that's be awesome. 
I'm so I'm so pleased that he's got that place down there. And uh, matter of fact, because he's down there and our production offices have moved down there, you guys are going to be doing some filming this week, JK. What's doing going on? Second film trip. Uh, you know, we filmed with Brandon Cobb and we'll talk about that seminar tonight, you know, uh, that we released today. But we got some some great, uh, I think, four with him on that shoot. And then this week we're going to film with Jared Lintner, who is just transplanted from California to Georgia. And so we're going to kind of, everybody's meeting in the middle and we'll be filming at one of the lakes in Georgia and uh, getting some awesome new content for Bash TV, specifically geared for you guys. Listen, you guys said you wanted it and we're giving it to you. We've got some awesome content for wintertime fishing coming up this, these next couple months, um, specifically on, of the on water products. So uh, ex excited, really excited to uh, get that out on, on Bashu TV for our guys. Yeah, we love Jared Lintner. I, everybody loves him. All, all of our students do. And glad to have you uh, on the East Coast, sort of, almost, kind of. Yeah. I guess that counts. Um, yes. Yeah, Georgia has a little piece of the East Coast, doesn't it? Piece of the, of the coast, for sure. Yep, yep. Well, it's good, it's good to have them. I, I know Tackle Warehouse uh we love tackle warehouse and they've got a new facility in georgia and uh jared's coming out to support that and that's that's going to be great for all of us that love to shop at tackle warehouse uh and all the great stuff going on right now at tackle warehouse all their christmas promotion is happening right now so make sure you go and and uh check that stuff out guys and uh and it was cool we had we had like i said uh riz was behind the camera uh, and Riz, I got to say, you know, you, you took, you know, you looked pretty confident. Uh, it's, it's a complicated operation. You got wind, you got sun angles, you got a crazy uh, subject that's losing his train of thought every five minutes. Uh, but you looked cool as a cucumber back there getting, getting all the shots. Man, Pete, it's, it was, it was easy because you, you were actually the opposite of that. You, it's so obvious that you've done this a time or two because you know, you start your uh, your thought and you complete it. So it's uh, makes it easy to uh, to film a guy that's been filmed that many times. But yeah, it was exciting to uh, to, to to get out there and use the new camera um, that Jeff purchased. And uh, <laughs> 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 no, but in all in all seriousness, no, I, I got to give a shout out to uh, our guy Jeff that we were just busting on a bit there. He uh, over the last uh, I don't know six months calendar year maybe has really spent a lot of time, uh, a lot of his own time, yeah. coaching me up uh, and teaching me the process of, of editing and film and production and, you know, walking me through A to Z, holding my hand through the whole process. Um, and, you know, it's I'm starting to feel pretty good with it. So, Jeff, if you're listening, I appreciate you, buddy. It's been, a, it's been an exciting journey learning all this, not to say that it's been easy, but uh it's it's been pretty awesome and i'm excited to get out there and do some more filming in this uh this year of 2022 hopefully down south all winter long so <laughs> <laughs> oh you're grounded right here Rich. you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna <laughs> yeah you better get some ice fishing parkas because we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna put you to it yeah buddy. i'll have to hit up the ice force use our use our discount guys which by the way i didn't mention when i was talking about all of the awesome stuff we have going on at BU TV right now. Guys, if you're not signed up, just one more reason to get signed up. 
is the member benefits that you get as a Bash University TV subscriber. Our pro member benefits include up to 40% off with all of the companies we work with. That's companies like Missile Baits, Gills Gear, Empire Covers, Flambeau, um, many, many more. Uh, guys, just one more reason to get signed up for BUTV. We're hooking you up with discounts to all the companies that we work with. Absolutely. And we always bring, we're always bringing more. Uh, we had a great tackle warehouse sale last year for all you guys. And, and you can look for us to, to bring that again, coming soon here in the spring of 2022. Yeah. We had a tackle and, warehouse uh, discount, Pete. Say again, we had a tackle warehouse discount. Yes, we did. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm that's saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we had a nice 15% off discount for tackle warehouse Dude, just for our subscribers. And yep. we're going to bring stuff. We're constantly working to bring stuff like that to you guys. And I also want to welcome Hobie Sunglasses to the Bass University yes. crew. Um, you got yours yet? Yeah. Yep. Uh-oh. Yep. Same <laughs> ones I got right there. Dude, these Wait. are sweet. They these are. Yellow. They're actually, they're really legit. They're nice. I had a yeah. pair. Um, I love them. They flew off my face on Mike's boat. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Imagine, imagine that. I'm imagining anything can stay on your face in Mike's boat. Nah. No, I'm on the well. We had four people on there. It was we were entertaining uh -huh. somebody, and of course that doesn't mean he could go any slower. Nah. Yes. There's my glasses. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> but yeah, well, we we, we got glasses. new hobies. We got new hobies coming your way, brother. I promise you. All right. And and we love them, and we're we're very pleased with them. Uh, I had the opportunity to fish with them this year, and uh, amazing. I had the amber lens and the dark lens fishing in the crystal clear water out on the flats. Uh, just amazing. The, the additional depth penetration that you get uh, really comfortable, really block out the light really well. Uh, mm -hmm. it's a terrific pair of sunglasses. So highly recommend them and uh, look for some, uh, some things coming from Hobie sunglasses. So it was all you, all you got to do to get a new, new thing is just lose your, like you lost, you lost your Hobies, right? Yeah. So if I rip one of my graphs off the front of my boat and it happens to be the one that's not working as good, yeah, like, do I get a new one? I don't know. <laughs> Pete, you're just handing stuff out. Santa Pete, tis the season. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Sli slightly more challenging to get a, a $3,000 unit replaced, Riz, but you, just, okay. you hang in there. I'll All do right. what I can. I mean, I fish yeah. the Delaware too. I'm just saying. <laughs> 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 yeah and, and uh, shout out to uh, a personal sponsor of mine andre albernaz uh, andre thank you for the bottle we can try to kill this yes tonight. rich for everything rich a bottle too right yeah he Pete? Did. It, it, i've only had it in my truck since the bfl regional on the potomac yeah so. yes but yeah. i finally got andre it. I, andre has, has, has been very great at bottles of rum uh cigars uh you never, you never know what you're going to get, but thank you very much. Very generous, Andre. Yes, Hope and I would encourage a... other people to do the same. <laughs> Everybody's done BTC at Christmas presents. Is that what yes. I just heard? Yep. Yes. That, is, that, is, that is what you just heard. And uh, and I wanted I just want to let you guys know who, who we do have on. We've got the Eco Bass Angler. You can check them out on Instagram. Go give them a like. And uh, Craig is uh, well-versed in environmental issues uh, in involved right now there's uh, a lot going on with the freshwater mussel restoration project on the delaware river that you're involved with and uh i'm thrilled that that you're involved with that because it's such a it's such an important part of the ecosystem 
people don't even understand that. They, they're, it's, yeah. it's news to a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty fascinating. I mean, a, uh, it's a cool time to be able to pull together, like, you know, my passion for fishing and being on the river and then getting back to helping it, watching it restore. Um, there's a lot of long, you know, there's a lot of ground that's been made. I mean, you can talk to guys like Riz that are starting out, you know, and relatively a lot younger than us out there. But, man, it was a grind, you know, in the 80s. There was like one weed bed, you know, if that, right? I mean, if you said you're going to go to the grass, you knew where you were going, right? Now the place is covered in grass and the water quality is getting better. But yeah, the restoration projects are coming along. The, the group that I'm involved with just got a huge um, amount of money from the EPA, from federal grants to develop a, a freshwater mussel hatchery. They're going to, they're going to be starting to um, uh, raise them and then release them and, and try to get the mussel beds back established in the river, which of course will you know, help with a lot of water clarity, but it also help with a lot of uh, habitat. You know, there's going to be more substrate and you know, just places for crawfish and bait to hang out. And it's kind of like a freshwater equivalent of a coral reef, you know, almost, you know. And so you get that back and that'll really, that's, you know, who knows, man. I, I hope to see that, you know, the changes in, you know, in our lifetime, um, you know, to see the, to the differences. There's still some mussels out there. There's some, like they call them remnant populations where they're sort of stuck up creeks or in areas where they're not doing so well. But with the, with, the, with the river being healthier and more oxygen, primarily because of water, you know, the sewer plants are just more modernized. All the fish are coming back in, all the ocean running fish. Yep. And they have a relationship with the mussels. And so they're really getting into it to bring it back. Like drum. Hopefully. And the drum that Riz caught, right? Yeah. You did. You caught Yeah, there's drum. some crazy stuff, man, yeah. out there. Did you did you ever seen the article on the uh the seal that went all the way up the Rancocas River and sat on that lady's dock for like three days? Wouldn't he, wouldn't surprise me one bit. Like oh, the, the, yeah, the like craziest a seal from the fish. ocean. Like yeah, it's crazy, dude. You know, like I mean, I've heard of guys catching flounder like way up in the Delaware River. Crazy, like I could catch a shark out there, and I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Yep, exactly. You know what I mean, yeah, yeah. you'd yeah, be surprised. Cool. Yeah, I would. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be pretty freaking surprised. Yeah. A shark just don't weigh it in. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's it's terrific that that you're participating in that, and I know it, it's it's been uh, on the fishing world like the tournaments are being dominated by. It. Now, all you guys on the Tennessee River chain, you know. Right. You know all about the importance of mussels and and how they relate to, you know, schools of bass, how they use them uh, to feed on shad, how the shad are using them, using them to spawn on. And uh, and that's going on down there. But the the, the in, interesting thing in recent years, uh, J.K., maybe you can help me remember who, but one off of a mussel bed on Lake Toho um, down in Florida. Um, I can't remember. Um, I can't remember who won that tournament. I guess it might have been a lead or FLW tournament, but I, I didn't think mussels were even. A, a, I never heard anybody talk about mussel beds in Florida before, and mm. um, and to see them being such a factor down there, it's mm. uh, it's a really big part of every fishery, really, and um, and it's cool that you're you're working on it right here, and hopefully we'll get. <laughs> it's funny. One grass bed. We knew. We knew where it was. At. Right. I mean, it, now it's everywhere. You know, it, it's, it's cool it, to see it, it changing. You know, it's definitely one. I mean, just look at the weights. Yeah. Um, the Five Alive had a, a bunch of opens, and I think it was the first open they had. A um, bunch of people sacked like fourteen pounds. I mean, if you if you're out there, you got fourteen pounds. You're thinking you're cashing a check. You know. Yeah. Uh, even twelve pounds, right? But not no that tournament. Um, I think fifteen that tournament. Yeah, they, they had some really impressive bags. 
uh, come in. It's it's cool. It's definitely it, on, a, on an upward trend. It it definitely is, and as is Five Alive Bassmasters. I think the the greatest fishing club in the country right now. Um, doing doing a heck of a job. And congratulations to you, Eco Bass Angler. Yeah. For, uh, you you don't look like a rookie, but you are. Right. Right. You, right. You, you, yeah. What a fun year, man. Rookie of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, what a, you know, it's a serious competitive club. You know, they, 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 you know, they bust balls and have a good time, you know, and, 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 and they fish hard, you know, they travel some cool places. Um, I think we're next year's course is normal Candlewood and, but we're going down to the James. Uh, we'll be on the flats. So in Delaware, we're going to be up at Champlain. Uh, so it's a serious group, you know, um, been, been a blast, uh, yeah. you know, uh, a whole range of guys, you know, guys just getting into it. Guys are a little more experienced. Guys are sort of retired and coming back. Um, you know, you got a couple guys that have fished, you know, the, on the biggest stage in the, in, you know, you know, that's available that are competing there. Um, you know, it's cool. It's cool. Well, you, that was, that was great. You had some big tournaments, uh, a couple wins. Yeah. Uh, down on Potomac. Yeah. Uh, that was a, that was almost tried to almost kill myself on day two, trying to, trying to run that place, but, uh, had a good, good, that was a two day event. Um, uh, I think I had, I don't know, 15, 16 pounds a day or something. It was pretty cool. Heck yeah. And, well, it was a great year. Hey guys, if you're talk to us, let me know, are you guys in clubs where, around the country? Let me know what are some of the best clubs around the country right now? I know club fishing was like such a big deal when I first started and it kind of, uh, faded and, and moved in some different directions and federations split, but, uh, it's really cool to see that club format get going and doing good. And, uh, let me know what, what, what are some of the clubs that are big, you know, down South, down in Texas, Florida, uh, just love to hear from you guys. Yeah. We, uh, but, uh we got a very active message board, uh, tonight, Pete, if you want to want to start rolling into some questions, I got one here that I can, uh, queue up um our first absolutely one, bring our, it Riz. our first one that i'm gonna go with is from uh davy uh we were talking about blade baits a little bit early in the show and davy wants to know what is the best setup for throwing blade baits i mainly fish it on the rod that i fish a drop shot on but i have never thrown a blade bait what's the what is the best setup for throwing blade baits uh, Davey, that's a great question, and um, and I'll throw it around the room, but I'll start because I, I love throwing a blade bait on a spinning rod, and uh, and it depends, you know, like uh, it really it really depends. Once you start, like this is a, a three-quarter ounce uh, blade bait, and um, they get bigger than this. Buddy Gross is throwing ounce, ounce and a half. He teaches us how to do that. Even bigger, they're like two or three ounces. They're, they're mm -hmm. radical. Uh, ledge fishing uh, in different different seasons but when I'm in the cold water season I typically stick to these three quarters uh, half ounce and and a quarter ounce and when I'm dealing with a half ounce and a quarter ounce bait man it's it's a spinning rod and my setup is um, is the same it I use a seven and a half foot medium action it's a little bit a little bit more beefy than a drop shot rod uh, and I use the seven and a half foot. I can make long casts and I do a lot of underhand flipping uh, and pitching with it. And that allows me to get some good distance uh, and get the bait where I need to. Uh, but that's a cat. It's a cashing uh, seven and a half foot rod. I use um, a 3000 spinning reel in this application or 
can be 4,000, but I typically use a 3,000 because it's lighter weight. It's in my hand all day, less rod fatigue. I'm using 10 pound gamma edge torque with 12 pound gamma. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's 10 pound torque and it's 12 pound gamma edge um, um, fluorocarbon. Yeah. And um, so I got the fluorocarbon leader. Love the fluorocarbon leader because the the braid, some, I would go straight braid a lot, but the braid can get impaled on the trebles and it makes it really difficult to work with. A lot of times the, the leader is uh, important to me. It keeps me from tangling amongst the hooks as much. And, and a lot of times I'm fishing these baits in clear water situations. So uh, I really think that leader helps. I think that line visibility is a factor. For me, it is definitely. So that's my setup. I'm using a spinning rod uh, 90% of the time. Here's one of the other things. And I and when I was doing, I, I given a seminar on this. I did an on-water uh, deal with Riz just uh, yesterday. And as I was teaching, I, I realized one of the most important things in a, using a spinning rod with this application is its ability to free spool. You can throw line out so fast. Uh, when you make that initial cast. And if you're dealing in water that's 10 feet or deeper with bait casting, you're going to have to strip and peel and try to get that bait down to fall where you want it to. Uh, but with spinning, it's super easy, especially with 10 pound braid. It's just going to, man, it's just going to fly off the spool and uh, it's going to fall exactly where you cast it. So that's one of the big, you know, um, the big proponents of, uh, of fishing on spinning gear. So when I get in a heavier situation, sometimes I'll go to bait casters for three quarter ounce, but, um, but halves and quarter ounce, um, I'm a spinning rod guy. What, what, what do, you, do you guys fish this bait? What, what, what's the gear you guys use? Yeah, Pete, I fish it. Um, I don't do it the same as you guys do up there. You know, I know it's a, a powerful tool this time of year for you guys. I, I learned it back in my club days. All right. I, 16, 17 years old fishing with the older gentleman uh, who basically taught me how to fish tournaments, you know. Um, but I learned it from a guy who learned it from uh, Tom Hamlin, who's a local guy around here, really well known for jig and spoon. And he taught me to drop a jig and spoon. And it was a January tournament down here. And um, to this day, I always fish a jig and spoon. But I've also, you know, that same day when he taught me that, he said every now and then he uses a blade bait to vertically drop down to these fish in the same, you know, a lot of it's 15 to 30 feet of water, but it gives you just that vibration, you know, and I've, so I've, I've used it vertically uh, ever since then when it, when it's cold. Um, but then, uh, thankfully I, you sent me out on a trip to film with Brian thrift last year and I got to uh, go with him and he pulled out this little guy, the vault, the little guy though, the quarter ounce. Yeah. They, quarter and a half and the half's you know twice as big but they they just came out with a three eighths too which is kind of mm -hmm. in between but I, the quarter ounce is really small you got to take these number 10 hook stock hooks off you're just not going to catch catch good bass on those but he upsizes to number eight and thrift throws it on a revo mgx which is a smaller compact um uh bait casting reel and this is the thrift thing. He throws eight pound fluorocarbon. I can hardly make peace with throwing eight pound fluorocarbon on a bait caster, but he does it. I know a lot of guys do, um, you know, he does it with his little underspins and stuff. And 
he does that. But I'm like you, Pete. I go to the school of Pete with my with my setup. I want a long spinning rod with that braid to leader. You know, and I was fortunate enough to uh, catch a couple really key largemouth in the All-American last year as a co-angler, just winging it out there, just like you said, you know, let that braid just zinging off off the reel, 4,000 4, size spinning reel, and just getting getting it out there. And, um, man, honestly, man, those, those little number eight uh, treble hooks, the barb's so small. Once you get it in there, it's like it's stuck. They're pinned. Yeah that quarter ounce size and i like throwing the half too you know well he check it out guys it's blade baits and tiny bait fish brian mm-hmm. thrift uh that video's uh been out for just a little while on bashy tv you can see it in action and they he cut catches them and that's one of the cool things about it is when you get around them this time of year on on that style of bait you're mm-hmm. you're around a lot of fish i mean uh, and a multi-species like the biomass all kind of gets together and Brian does it there, you know, he, what's he catching white bass or white perch and bass yeah. and crappie. And it's just like every, every other cast you're, you're pulling in a, a fish and, and, and that's what makes it so cool, but it, it takes a little getting used to, um, it, but, uh, but you're in the, you're in the spinning rod too. I, I know Riz, Riz, what are you fishing on? I know you, you, you and your boys have been experimenting with some uh, different rigging for this with some heavier uh, gear. Yeah, so I mean, it's the, like the double-edged sword with these blade baits is, you know, the you're gonna snag fish sometimes, you know, inadvertently when you're fishing them the way that we do around here on pilings and kind of, you know, flipping to targets and and jigging them more vertically. I've done both, you know, I've 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 done the bait casting rod and the spinning rod, um, but lately for the last couple of years, uh, and it's not a foolproof method, but for the last couple of years. Uh, I've been doing more on the bait casting setup um, with the heavier blade, three quarter ounce blade, even though, you know, we're fishing relatively shallow and um, really upsizing the line to like 17, 20 pound fluorocarbon. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're not babying them. You know, you upsize your hooks a little bit. And with that heavier line, heavier rod, when you get that hook in them, you can kind of bully them uh, up to the boat a little bit. And in a situation where you have a net guy, um, you can afford that a little bit more than if you're going to have to handle the fish yourself and have to deal with a really hot fish with treble hooks all over his face or in his belly or whatever. Um, so that's kind of been, uh, been the deal, but you know, I, I think for the, um, for the smaller size blade baits to really be accurate, I, I think the spinning gear is probably a, a better technique to, uh, you know, use those quarter ounce size baits and really be able to place them a little bit better. It's just, It'd be tough on, I think, on a bait casting setup to uh, take a quarter ounce blade bait and uh, and 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 hit a target with it. So, yeah. BTC, Alex, do you fish blade baits out your way? I do. Yeah, I'm kind of with Riz a little bit. I like the casting rod. I think it helps you get more, a little bit more leverage on them. And I've I've just been using my jerk bait rod, and I, I just kept it that way because I started like that, and I didn't really lose any fish. So not going to fix what's not broken. And I did want to run back on what Riz said though and ask him a question. So I liked how he said, you know, when you're fishing with a net man, it gives you a little more leverage in case you do have to bully the fish. Rich, I was curious, what's your strategy when the net man gets the net tangled up and your rods and you got a four pounder jumping everywhere in the first cast of the tournament morning? What do you do to get around that? I I think this is when I retire from uh, the Bash University. It's been a great run, guys. But uh, (laughs) that was actually... 
in all fairness, and I, I heard that that story came up last week. Somebody sent me a screenshot and said, you need to listen to this, and I did. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, that, that was actually on a spinnerbait, and to Brian's defense, it was really, really freaking cold that day. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so Brian, Brian, what are you saying? Brian, like, stabbed at your fish or written – couldn't get the net there in time, and Pete, you guys lost Pete, the listen, tournament? Pete, we, we don't know how it happened, okay? <laughs> I was in the back of the boat, and, and he's in the front of the boat, and we don't know. <laughs> but that's not the point. Alex, and I want to give Alex a shout-out. I just want everybody out there in the YouTube, especially YouTube guys. You, you guys know Alex. Alex did not make it on Smallmouth Crush last night because he knew he had to be on Bass University tonight. So, round of applause to Alex. Wise decision. He knows where the money's at. Bass University. Wise, wise choice, my friend. Hey, we love, we love smallmouth crush. Don't, don't be hating on them too bad. Hey, listen, it's my story, Pete. I'll end it the way I want to end it. Okay. Fair enough. You ain't gonna bully me on this show. I go right back to the controls. (laughs) Um, So, so back to blade bait. You're talking about Alex. You said you throw it on a casting rod. your jerkbait rod up to a half ounce you're not throwing anything heavier than that right nope and you know kind of like pete said with the longer rod you can get it longer distances i have no issue just launching that thing to the bottom of my spool with a medium power rod and a half ounce i mean they're little bullets there's not too much to stop them from getting hung up in the wind so they just fly and i haven't had any issues with it so yeah it's half ounce and they fly yeah i gotta remind pete and rich that we are you guys and we are the only ones that are throwing a blade bait at pilings, pitching right. them five feet to pilings that are True. in five foot of water. Right. At the rest of the world, I mean, I don't know anywhere else where the blade bait fishes like that but the Chesapeake. You know, everybody it, else were casting the open water, gravel, yeah, wintering fish. Craig, you ever mess with that on the on the river, on the Delaware? Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can go back to, like, the Dredge Harbor days. Where they would stack up on those pylons and you know they you'd bring the bass up and it would have mud on its bottom scales you know sitting on the bottom mm-hmm. two foot of water back then it was always like silver buddy you know on a spinning rod change the hooks out i mean i still got a bunch of them you know silver buddy yeah. and then and they, they would definitely relate to it that way um well very, very I, I can tell you i can tell you um i have now pilings I, i've caught them off of floating docks before on certain bodies of water down south um grand lake was one where I, where i was able to trigger some strikes i have very limited experience there but i did it there and and i've caught them down in florida um offshore it's a tremendous tool uh but you're basically fishing around the shad you know uh not so much around the structure it is really unique i can't believe it's the only place in the world that it happens like this um btc yeah. but uh, it's really cool experience. As a matter of fact, I was out Friday and, uh, in, you know, giants, just the big dinosaurs coming up in the bay, eating the blade baits. Uh, I had four fish over six pounds, uh, and the shallowest was a foot of water in 42 to 44 degree water temperature. So it's, it's amazing how shallow fish will get wherever the bait fish goes. So goes the bass. So, I mean, if the, if the bait's shallow, they're going to be there. I got a question, Pete. Shoot. So, what's the, what's the water temperature when this kicks in? 
because I can think of all these places around the Southeast that, man, this could work. But in my mind, it's like, man, I don't even know if we get a winter ever harsh enough to get us down to a, a temperature zone where they're going to get on that blade bay, you know, it's blade a, bay question. a fall time school, tons of bit, small bait, you know, bait ball. It's great. It, it's a great question. And, and I have experience uh, in a lot of different States with it, but mm -hmm. the, the, the range is from 40 to 60 degrees. Yeah. I was and, just uh, going to say, you, you, I think you can catch a fish on a blade bait. And I hate that I'm even saying this because we messed <laughs> with it this year on the Chesapeake, like early. And you can catch them. You can get them to eat a blade bait in a lot warmer water than you think. Most people think anyway. You know, well, because of the habitat they're using. I, I think one of the assets of this bait is it triggers fish in falling water temperatures as mm. good as any. So right. when you're in this winter season where the bait's grouped up, the bait's ganged up, the fish are around it, and that water temperature starts plummeting and it starts limiting your ability to catch them on standard jigs or, uh, you know, whatever drop shots or whatever other tools you may typically use, crankbaits, that, you know, this bait will get them in the, in the coldest water relative to your body of water when the water temperature is falling. It will, yeah, it will trigger those bites. Pete, do you, yeah. do you, um, you, you've been around people that use it more like a search bait. Like I, I've seen people like kind of use it almost like a lipless, you know? Uh, yeah. Shout out to John McGraw who threw that as a steady retrieve in Darby Creek and almost quit yeah. right there on the spot. Wanna, yeah. Almost just jump like out a of the boat. Like, like a lipless <laughs> bait. Yeah. Rich, were you, were you out here when, yeah. when Zog was. It was just steady wine in a a blade bait and just snagging bass in the back uh, it, it, it happened Z it, zach used to intern for us it was actually john McGraw's nephew yep. throwing a quarter ounce uh red binsky out here on, on mike's lake and steady retrieve and catching them yeah uh, they were eating I, it right I, I wanted, he wasn't just snagging them they were i wanted it. to quit some fishing. of them were eating it yeah yeah yeah, yep. yeah so so are you peter you're going to talk about I don't want to steal your thunder here, but like, you know, a lot of these blade baits have the three holes in them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that seems to be like a universal thing with some of these blade baits. And one's more vertical, one's more, you know, chug and retrieve type position. I, um, I haven't experimented admittedly too much with that, but uh, I would like yeah. to hear your, your thought on that. It, 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 it I experimented with, with it too. And I, I, I use all three holes sometimes, but mainly I'm, I'm, I'm throwing the middle one, uh, <laughs> BTC, yeah. keep it under control. Yeah. <laughs> we're keep, we're keeping it clean here tonight on the Bass University, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, they give different vibrations. And, uh, a, a lot of times when I'm vertical, I'm, I'm using the one in, in the middle, and uh, when I'm making a long cast, sometimes in, in shallow water, I'll use the front one. But okay. tip, typically, I'm using the middle one. Uh, the The vibration changes a lot, uh, I'm sure. But uh, for me, it's more about the repetitive uh, presentation and trying mm. to keep it keep it right in front of that fish's face over and over and over. And you'll find that they uh, they will move to the bait, like you'll pull them in. And this is one of the things that I do, like when we're, we're uh, you tar using targets, like a piling, for example, uh, you catch, you can cast the left of the piling 
And in a typical situation, maybe you're done, you're moving to the next filing, but I'll cast to the left, I'll cast to the right, and even sometimes back again, because what happens is you're pulling that fish in the area and he's interested, he's, uh, he's relating to the piling, he's not going anywhere, but he needs two or three. We've seen it all the time. Guys thrown into a brush pile or a blow down tree, you throw in 10, 20 times and then boom, you get the strike. Well, it's, mm. it's the it's the same with this, you know. You uh, mm. you you got to keep it in their grill, but uh, but I, I do experiment uh, with that. A lot of them don't have that option, but some of them do, and uh, you know, some uh, a lot. Some of the ones I have here in my box have been discontinued, but there's so many good ones. Uh, Molex, I want to give a shout out to Molex. They make such an excellent blade bait um, that uh, that can really trigger strikes. And I tell you, one or one. One of the things I do, Riz, and I want to get back to another IM question because we 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 we've, uh, we've danced on this question for like a half an hour, but uh, it was a great question, Dave. Uh, but uh, the molex and a lot of other baits cut the front hook off mm -hmm. uh, to be able to get through the habitat a lot better. And um, and I want you to go. You got the video that I show that I filmed with Rich yesterday. I show how I get them off the habitat and. It's uh, it's a very very simple technique using the weight of the bait to to release the hooks from the wood and the pilings or whatever you're hung up on, um, and uh, and you got to watch that video. I can describe it to you. It's it's a just a series of repetitive twitches with slack in the line, and it lets the bait drop against the hooks and it falls off, mm. uh, and it'll save you a pile of money. But these baits are in the bottom, man. Whatever's down there, rocks fishing line wood uh crab traps uh we have that around our way um it's gonna hang it's gonna find it it's gonna hang up on it so uh try not to set the hook into that and uh and take your time and you'll be able to get these baits out pete i got one pete, i got a question from a, a buddy of ours bob Soley. wanted to know of the three which which hole is your favorite <laughs> <laughs> Brian, Brian can't resist. Can't resist. You know? I, I'm a, yeah, I'm trying, Brian. You the, know, people, yeah. the people want to know. Gotta work with us here. The, 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 the people want to know. The people want to know what what what's your my I'm the middle hole. <laughs> uh, I, I feel my face getting flush yes. with that question. So Alex, what do you got? Yeah, for sure. We got a lot of good questions coming in on Facebook as well as YouTube. Several we already hit on, you know, um, what hole you like to put it in on the blade bait side, blade bait side of it. And then um, another one that has been popping up a lot over on the YouTube is a little trick that Seth Fighter mentioned on a BU seminar. A lot of guys wanted to know if you use the braid split ring like Seth does. And if so, what success have you had to put in a question that I wanted to add on top of that is if you tie in the braid split ring what knot are you tying on that because obviously first thing that would come into my mind never having done it is is that braid, braid really going to hold up when you got a five pounder swinging around on there so pete i was wondering if you had any experience with that man uh, and i'm i'm gonna say that i have very limited experience i have uh a few baits that i've tied it um seth ties it and uh and showed us how to do it and um, it's been, it's, it, you, for the strategic part of this is it allows infinite rotation virtually of the treble, right? So if you get, if you get hooked up, there's, there's no resistance. The treble hook can rotate 360 degrees. 
Uh, it can follow the fish. It can hold. Uh, and, you know, Zona Z uh, talks about it on uh, his show, but it, using it on crankbaits, anywhere you're using treble hooks, uh, this is proven to be a better strike to catch ratio. It's something that's new to me and I don't have a lot of experience with it. I'm, I'm experimenting with it now honestly, uh, which is good for me because it took me five years to throw the Senko. So um, it's only, it's only a couple years and I'm throw, I'm already experimenting with these baits uh, with, with this, uh, but got to check out Seth, Seth's tutorial on how to tie this knot because it's, uh, it's really awesome how, how they do it. And, uh, and I can't really advise you on it. Have you, have any of you guys used that yet? I yeah, haven't, I haven't messed with it. I've I've always stuck to just the standard uh, split ring, but I'm sure it's very effective. JK. Yeah, I have. Um, it's it's more than just the uh, the blade bait too. You know, it's really really good on those oversized magnum crankbaits. Like really really good. That's a, a good point, Justin, because another question that was asked on here is, you know, if you're using that trick on a blade bait, why not a crank bait? Why not a big glide bait? Something like that. Now, obviously, with a glide bait or a floating bait, you run the risk of messing up the balance of the bait. It might not suspend perfectly or whatever, but it could be an effective way to put an end to some landing issues if you're having those. Yeah, I'd say the jerk bait's a no-no, but uh, everything else is is fair game. I know, I know you know, I, I think... It, the the lesson Seth taught us on Bass UTV, the key point there is anything that, you know, your hookup to landing ratio goes down because it's a big piece of metal or just, you know, how the weight distribution is on on a bait. It could, you know, blade bait's small, but all that weight's kind of towards the head, you know, so it's kind of pulling away when the when a you know, a crazy smallmouth might be jumping or going crazy, but, uh, but yeah, I, I know, uh, a lot of guys have been doing that on big top waters for those crazy spots and smallmouth. Um, you know, and I, I've had some, I've been experimenting that I experimented it with it this year with a lot of success. Um, it's just real tedious, you know, it's like, you're going to get into, um, tying an FG knot it just drives you nuts. Like, uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm dreading the tournament that I have up North, the whatever night I'm going to have to rig up 10 spinning rods with fresh FG knots. Right. Cause it's going to take me two hours. I <laughs> <laughs> knots. And the braided split rings is kind of like that for me too, because every now and then I'll get it wrong you know, and have to redo it. And, uh, um, if you're messing, you know, if you're doing it with Seth with like the, the fire to singe the, you know, what you cut off there, you know, you can do a little too much or something, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I haven't done every lure under the sun, but the, uh, the oversized crankbaits, like your oversized baits with those big hooks, you know, 10 XDs, you know, big, just those big ones. It will improve your uh, hookup to land ratio for sure. I, I can't wait for uh, VMC to come out with the uh, with the answer to this. You know that that infinite uh, 
you know, rotation that is where you can still replace your hooks. Um, we'll, we'll see that that's the perfect scenario. By the way, I put it up on the IM board, the link over to, to Seth's um, demonstration on how he modifies the blade bait. So guys go check it out. And, and talking about smallmouth and uh, Colin um, on Ontario, he's from the mid sixties. He's catching smallies that smallies love the blade bait. I mean, it is an absolute smallmouth killer when the water temperature starts getting down a little bit and spots love it too. So it's a, it's a killer all around. Uh, but, uh, but great, great question, man. And uh, great questions, guys. Um, Riz, we got, you got another one lined up for us. I, I do. Um, the next question that I'm going to go with here is going to be from uh C stew, uh, C stew. You're going to win yourself a gills gear gift card for this question. Um, and his question is, uh, he hears a lot of guys catching suspended fish vertically using a jigging spoon above the fish. I've only ever used jigging spoons, pulling them off of the bottom do you have any tips for using a jigging spoon to catch suspended fish? Man, that's a, that's a great question. And, um, and JK, I want, I want to kind of volley this to you. Cause it, we were talking about this a lot, the, the, the ice jig fishing mm -hmm. above the treetops at it, at table rock was, was uh, a, a winner in that tournament. And it's a winner, uh, often this time of year. But, it is. Uh, what were the details on that win? Well, you know, and you can go back to watch our interview with Cody Huff, uh, I think over a year ago um, when he won out there. Um, but uh, so basically you've got a bunch of trees that are in 60 to 70 feet of water out there and they top top out at about 40 to 30, you know, somewhere in that range. And the fish will ride the treetops, you know, because a lot of times when you have timber in the lake, it's all kind of cut off in the same range. And when you have them, you know, it's all different. And if you watch uh, Brandon Cobb's seminar that we just released today, he'll talk about that, how every lake's a little different and you look and you'll figure out really easily what, what your depth range is. So knowing the top tops of the trees is just as important as, you know, just the bottom depth out there. But, uh, he, uh, he, he's using the, that, that, that ice jig. He's, it's, he's getting it down pretty, pretty fast and it's got this ability to stay in the middle of the water column you know once you it's not like just going to stay like this like a jigging spoon right now it's going to plane out like this and you can kind of pop it up and it's almost like you get this jerk bait presentation in front of their faces suspended um and that's a very uh well, i shouldn't even say very popular thing but a lot of the guys you know, a lot of the sticks out there in the Ozarks region and stuff, they're, 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 you know, they're all over, it, you know, and that's how it's won. Now with the jigging spoon, I still believe it's a powerful tool. And you'll see this in the video with Brandon Cobb for suspending fish. And that's with what Brandon calls power reeling it. Brandon's not a, a he does not really like to jig it. He likes to power reel it both off the bottom, but, also, when those fish are kind of in the middle of the column and what he's doing is he's getting that thing down there on a bait casting setup and then he'll reel it really quick and just reel it straight up high, not even just like small little snaps. That is the traditional. 
and it makes fish react. Now you can see them, you know, on the 2D, they're chasing it up and down and up and down. But those ones that kind of are already up or staying suspended, you know, he'll reel them up through them and it'll just make them react. And you don't have to let your bait go to the bottom. You can kind of go underneath and shoot up past them again, let them go underneath, shoot up past them again. And that, that power reeling deal, it's a real, it's a, it's, it, it can really trigger some bigger bites than your traditional jigging spoon thing. And, and Brandon kind of shows us on that video. Um, so I think that that kind of helps answer your question. And I may or may not have caught a good fish power reeling uh, here really recently. It's uh, it's really fun when you're just going boop, 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 and your your rod just goes straight from straight from plane to bent over, man. It's it's fun. That is fun. And I, I put up uh, links for the Cody Huff interview as well as the jigging wrap that we're talking about for you guys that are bass you subscribers, which all, all that, those are you guys that are seeing it. I put those links over on the IM board. So uh, you can go over and, uh, and, and get them, get them bought because the ice fishing season is starting and pretty soon it's all going to get sold out uh, yeah. because they're so popular. Those, those jigs are so popular through the ice. Uh, and, and it's a great question. And I, and I want to give a, a shout out to, uh, um Tomlin. Who you mentioned earlier, uh Justin. Yeah. What's Tom? That? Yes. Tom yeah. Hamlin. Georgia. Tom yep. Hamlin. Um Ron Tomlin. The, uh, and Eddie, Tom, Tom and Eddie Park. <laughs> Tom Hamlin uh, Tom taught Tom me Ronald. how to fish a fish a jig, a jigging spoon. Mm -hmm. Uh and, and my friend Eddie Parker, both uh from Georgia. And um those guys taught me a ton. Uh, Tom showed me how to fish down on Lake Russell in that deep vertical technique, fishing a jigging spoon. Yeah. And uh, cool. And it was a mate. I he's he taught the guy that taught me. So that's yeah. really really cool, Pete. Yeah, he he's he's a special guy. Had a, a tremendous insight on on how fish move and how they flow through the timber and how they move through the seasons. But one of the things that I thought was really cool when using a jigging spoon and, and I want to bring this up because it, it relates to the blade bait too, is how often they will bite it on the bottom. I can a great comment to that. The, yeah. I, I'm actually to hear it um, because the, the one technique that, that Tom Hamlin taught me was you, you, you want, he had a name for it. I can't remember, but it would basically, when the spoon would fall and lay flat, you're just, twitching the slack in the line and what you're trying to accomplish is you're trying to get that spoon to flip over but lay on the bottom and flip back again and lay on the bottom and they will bite it like it's a dying shad and they mm -hmm. will come and suck it right up off the bottom uh at times and it's a really really important technique it takes a lot of feel especially when you're fishing in really deep water to be able to make it accomp accomplish that because mostly you're picking it up really high you know most people think they're moving their rod Oh, I'm just moving it a little bit, but you're actually moving it, you know, two, three, four feet off the bottom sometime, moving it too aggressively. But I'll do the same thing with a blade bait is I'll pop it and I'll try to flip it and just try to move it, try to give it some flash. And it's so often those fish will come over, nose down on it, suck it up just like it's a Ned rig or a jig or whatever. It's all metal parts. You would think, no, nah, that's never going to happen. 
but they do in that cold water, they'll suck it up and they'll swim off with it. So, uh, so be, be aware of that, that those bites often can come while the bait's sitting on the bottom and BTC, wh- yeah. what's your experience? Oh, I got a, uh, actually came through as a text message and I'll just read it to you. And this goes back to our previous conversation about the blade bait. We tie on two smaller white feathers on the rear treble here in the dead of winter. A ton of them pick it up off the bottom, pick those feathers up off the bottom. It, this creates a little resistance. So when the bass sucks it up, it pulls up. Mm. First thing in their mouth is that treble hook, that rear treble hook. And uh, that, it, uh, and then the rest of it went, you expletives never check Facebook. So I figured I'll just text it, shoot it to you. And that's from our buddy <laughs> Keith Thomas at Blacktown Custom Baits. Um, so, yeah, we don't check Facebook, Alex. But, yeah, that treble tying a feather on the on the, uh, on the the blade bait and popping it off the bottom. Yep. And, and we do check Facebook. And if you check Facebook, nah, too much. it would tell you to go over and get subscribed to Bash yeah. University TV right. so you can come over and talk to us on the IM board. That's right, Keith. And get we, got, and we, got, over the we got free trials for you guys. Get over and check it mm-hmm. out. But we also got some amazing uh, deals going on. If you guys are just tuning in, mm-hmm. go check it out. We, we continued our cyber week, and it's $49.99 for a six-month subscription to Bass University TV. It's amazing deal, but it's re- it's Best truly going to help your fishing get to the next level. It is. So, and, and, and that's not the only thing we got going on right now is we also got some virtual seminars hitting the airwaves next ooh, week, guys. We sure and do. guess what? If you are a Bass UTV subscriber, you are going to get your ticket for the virtual seminars next week to see guys like Jordan Lee, Matt Lee, Randy Howell for $1. $1. That's it. 99 cents <laughs> is all we're charging you. If you are a Bass UTV subscriber... You can attend the virtual Zoom seminars next week. Um, we're going to be shooting on day one with uh, with Jordan Lee, Matt Lee, Randy Howell. Uh, day two, we got Pete Glusek, uh, Clabby and Johns, and Justin, refresh my memory on who's the third for the second day. Who? Pete, Clabby and Johns, and... Jesse Wiggins. Jesse Wiggins. No, who's Wiggins? Has- who's Thank before you. Wiggins? He's brothers. Yep. But either way. You got them all. Yeah, so guys, you're uh you, you can get signed up for that. Uh it only costs you 99 cents. Um just another reason to be a Bashu TV subscriber. Uh live seminars, you're going to get to interact and talk with these guys during the seminars, get your questions answered directly from the pros, all right? It's really the deal. If you're not a Bashu TV subscriber, you can still sign up, but it costs you 49.99, but if you sign up, it's only 99 cents. So head over to bashu.tv join the leading program for bass fishing education right now. Go do it. Yes. I don't know, Pete. Pete, I don't think you can take him off off that, you know, put him on the camera. He's too good at that. He's too Ah. good. He's too good about that. He's got – he's smooth, man. You know what I mean? (laughs) How how he just slid right into that promotion. Like it was, (laughs) you know. Yeah, it was it was pretty smooth. Well, well done, Riz, and and it's absolutely true. And we've got these seminars. They're they're going on next week. Over to thebassuniversity.com. It's going to be on the 14th and 15th of next week. So they're going to start at 10 a.m. and they're going to 5 p.m. and uh, and you can get in there for uh, for all you guys for the 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 low low price of 99 cents. We want we want to make it uh, free. Uh, we had to charge a nominal fee so that we could process your order for the Zoom project. 
But um, so that's it, man. We want you guys to come. We want to bring this gift, this benefit to all of our subscribers. So we hope you come. All you guys watching tonight, make sure you hang out with us on Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. That's right. Call in sick. Uh, Craig, Eco Bass Angler is a, a is a boss. He's the president of his company. Call in sick uh, yeah. to his company so you can come and hang out with us. He won't mind. Right, Craig? Yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, do what you got to do, but get over and come hang out with us. Uh, Riz, I know you're giving me a sign, but I can't read it on the whiteboard. It just blotches out to me. So, uh, speak your booming voice into the microphone. What, what do you got for me? Yeah, we're going to take a, uh, a quick commercial break. Um, and then we're going to come back in the second segment. We're going to talk a little bit about how uh, we work with some of the clubs um, in this area, like Five Alive, uh, that we have our good friend Craig Duran, Eco Bass Angler, on. I saw him on Saturday night uh, at the Five Alive banquet. It was awesome to be able to interact and talk with so many members of the Five Alive Club that are also Bass U TV subscribers. But in the second segment, we got our man Frankie Proliferone. Prolifer Pro Frankie Provolone. Frankie Provolone coming on oh. from Slay Nation Tournament Fishing, who we are going to be partnering with for the 2022 season. So um, for now, quick break. Come back, talk more bass fishing and uh, a little bit of stinky cheese with Frankie Provolone. That's right. <laughs> we'll, we'll be right back after this, guys. We'll see you in a little bit. All right, all right. AquaView, the leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. AquaView, seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fishing rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That's made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick, every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out during a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I found that can withstand my hook set. Boom goes the dynamite. Some would say obsessed. There's no place on earth we'd rather be than right here, right now. Performance-driven gear, so you can fish longer, harder. Gills Performance Fishing.